I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so thrilled to have my next guest here. We have Julie Nguyen, who is the founder and CEO of Methodology. And what do you do when you learn that changing your diet can actually fix your health issues? Well, if you are Julie, you start a company, and that is exactly what she did when she started Methodology. So Methodology, I'll let her get a lot more into this, but it's a luxury meal prep service delivering high-quality, fully-cooked, sustainably-packaged meals. This former finance and tech executive used her determination and curiosity to found Methodology with the mission to help heal bodies and minds using food as medicine. I love it. So it's doctor recommended and trusted by many celebrity fans who you will recognize their names, Jessica Alba, Zed, etc. So I can't wait for you to hear the story. Julie is actually traveling at the moment. And uh, we were just talking about her travels, which I think she's going to get a little bit more into why she's traveling, but I'm thrilled to have Julie here. So welcome. It's so good to be here. Hi, Kara. Hi, super excited to see you. So I'd love to hear right from you a little bit more about what is methodology. I started methodology because I personally had a ton of autoimmune health issues that I discovered, it turned out, were actually caused by food. So as soon as I realized, hey, if I don't eat gluten, if I don't eat dairy, all of a sudden, I don't need an inhaler anymore. The eczema that was all over my face and elbows went away. My acne cleared up. My panic attacks went away. My depression went away. So it was just so life-changing for me that I realized, like, oh my goodness, everyone needs to have access to... Uh, the right kinds of foods on a regular basis that are going to help them feel their best and heal health issues that they probably thought they would have to live with the rest of their lives, right? So I wanted to make it accessible for people, but also really fun, high quality, sustainable, yummy. So it's something that people could really stick with because you know this is one of those things where if I, the second I go off the methodology diet, my health issues come back, right? So I really need to stick with the program. Um, and so I created the service with the hopes that you know, busy professionals, families, uh, whether you have autoimmune you know, health issues or not, can eat comforting food with the best ingredients, the most sustainable packaging, uh, love it, and then really just feel our best and avoid getting these health issues that are caused if we eat too much of the wrong foods over an extended period of time. Now, what year did you start? It's been, uh, I think it's around 2014, we started prototyping it, 2014, 2015. But as far as being live to the public, just over seven years. Wow, that's incredible. And you started in San Francisco. 
Yes. I was working in tech at the time, working crazy hours. And that was one of the reasons why I needed to start the business. I was working, I'm not even kidding you, probably 70, 80 hour work weeks. And then Sunday came around and I would have to grocery shop, cook, put everything into Tupperware. I would spend half my days doing that uh, because I needed to eat that way. And that's when I realized uh, I need a solution for myself. Plus, honestly, I looked around at my friends in tech and they, they were not getting healthier every year. Those of us who are career driven, we were making trade-offs. Yeah, It was career or health. And I just thought that there would be a large market of people who were busy and wanted high quality food that actually tasted good. So you worked in finance and worked in tech. Uh, you hadn't actually been an entrepreneur. Were there any signs early on that you were going to eventually go start your own company? Yeah, I think so. When I was a little kid, even from when I was a little kid, I would go around and pick flowers from all the neighbors' yards, make bouquets, and sell the bouquets back to my neighbors. So I have been very and there, and I didn't realize as a kid how nice it was for them to give me five bucks to get their own flowers back. But uh, so That's since I was hysterical. a little kid, I've been doing things like that. Um, so like, I'm not surprised. I don't think my parents are surprised that I've done it. Um, I I didn't ever have the goal of I'm going to start a business. Uh, I've just never been like that in my career. Um, I've always just done work that I found really interesting. Um, and so in just in the case of methodology, it wasn't that it wasn't that, oh, I want to start a business and I brainstormed all these ideas. It was just, hey, there's a very specific pain point that I think is very important. There's no solution out there. I, you know, I think I can build a good one. I didn't know at the time Will this be a tiny little lifestyle business or could this be something huge? Uh, but I just knew it was it was a big problem that I wanted to solve and I felt like I could probably do it. So obviously, you know, you had this problem, you found a solution and you wanted to bring it to other people. Did you feel like nutrition was something that was like on the top of your list of things that were important to you prior to actually making this discovery? How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip, Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally 
first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. I, I was introduced to the idea of nutrition, fortunately, in high school because I took a nutrition class, but I didn't really take nutrition seriously after that. I think that's why I kept subsisting on fast food and you know, I was the person who would go to Trader Joe's and eat chips while I was grocery shopping for like the rest of the stuff. Like I just really didn't pay attention to the health of my diet at all. I just only wanted to eat what was yummy. And eventually that caught up to me in my twenties to the point where I was just on so many prescription drugs. I was so overweight that like I 
I had to do something about it because it's just someone, someone that young shouldn't be so sick. For sure. I mean, that's amazing that you figured it out because how many people don't figure it out? And then they go and try all these different diets and, you know, spend a fortune when it doesn't actually work for so many people that it's just, you know, shocking to me that if you actually just really focused on how your body responds to something and is there something that is in your diet that really isn't working for you that you know you could actually do a lot of good for yourself so i love that you figured that out and you created a company that really helps people figure it out as well so that's just absolutely amazing so what's sort of the most surprising thing about starting your own company, I should say. I mean, was there anything in particular? What were the first steps? I mean, here you are, you quit your job. Did you actually leave your job prior to starting the company? Or were you trying to figure out exactly what you were going to do prior to actually leaving? That's a really good question. I am very grateful that at the tech company I was working at, at the time, I had a really good relationship with the CEO. He was my mentor. He was the first investor in methodology. And so I was prototyping methodology part-time on evenings and weekends while still working for him in tech. And I didn't quit my job full-time until I had a lot of confidence that methodology could acquire enough customers to pay me like a living salary. It wasn't like, oh, I think I'll get rich or even, oh, I think I'll make as much as I'm making now in tech. It was just I think that I could make enough to like at least pay for you know myself, my co-founder. I have the most amazing co-founder, Stefan Liu. Um, so I decided to go all in full time on it and just give it the proper attention because we were enjoying the work, even though it was frankly the hardest work I'd ever done in my life. I don't think I've ever... Year one of methodology was the most I've cried in my life. You can add up all the other years of my life and it's like a small fraction of how much I cried in year one because I, I I just was so shocked by how hard it was to start a company and I was new to the food industry. I didn't realize how lucky I was to work in banking and tech where there are things like, you know, um, you know, my coworkers don't steal from me, you know, like things like that, where it's just the the culinary supply chain warehouse world. It's a rough and tumble environment. Yeah. Totally different kind of workforce. And so I just, when things would happen at first, I, I would cry because I wasn't used to the idea of crime at work, for example. Yeah. So it just took a lot of getting used to for me that coupled with the fact that, you know, I was used to my whole career when I get stumped on a problem, I have all of these people above me, more senior, who I can ask for help. <laughs> like, hey, I'm stuck here. Help me with this. And then all of a sudden, everyone was looking to me when they were stuck. And when I was stuck, I had no one to look to. And so getting used to the idea of, oh, I have to figure it out now. The thing that's unsolvable, Stefan and I have to figure it out. That took, I mean, that took years of adjusting to, of uh, you know, just not being able to run and ask for help anymore. Yeah, no, definitely. It's when it, when the buck stops with you, it's a whole different uh, situation. I was in tech for years prior to uh, starting Hint. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a really different situation when you're responsible for payroll and, you know, everything. Exactly. You, I didn't realize how many random issues popped up behind the scenes that, of course, you know, are normally kept a secret in a company, <laughs> right? Yeah. If I was doing marketing, 
I didn't know any kind of random legal or HR issues, right? But yeah, we end up as founders having to deal with every problem that happens. Well, and I think the thing that a lot of people don't understand is actually scaling from zero to even $10,000 is like, a, it's a huge deal, right? And especially, I've talked to many entrepreneurs who have worked in billion dollar companies, but they can't even believe how hard it is to get to, you know, that stage, and then to a million and then to more, right? It's just it every step along the way has its own pain points, which I'm sure uh, you've experienced some of those along the way. So did your co-founder have experience in the food industry? Yes, he did. Uh, he is such an interesting character. He was one of my best friends when we started the business. I had approached him with the idea because of the fact that I knew he had worked in food since he was 13 years old. And so we were just, we would always get together and we met at Burning Man through friends and could just talk about food for six to 10 hours straight when everyone else stopped paying attention. So uh, he was on board from day one when I broached the idea to him. And, and he's great because he's, even though he's a food industry vet, he worked in finance. So you know, he was working in, at Merrill and at different banks and then would work on weeknights at weekends in fine dining restaurants because he was so passionate about food, uh, which I, you know, I just like really respect that so much. Yeah. Uh, so he's the one who manages our supply chain and designs our menus. Like I help with the creative ideas on the menu at a high level, but um, he's the one with the immense food knowledge because he even spent seven years traveling the world, um, eating his way around the world, staging in different kitchens. Um, so you know, he's an encyclopedia of food. And uh, so, so he's kind of like the food background founder. I'm the one more with the background in like branding, design, and, you know, tech, engineering, those kinds of things. Very cool. Well, speaking of being around the world, you and I were briefly talking about your travels at the moment, which I'm sure hopefully you're having a little bit of fun with them as well, but it's very much about the business. Can you talk a little bit more about that of how you decided to embark on going to all these different countries? Yes. Well, so methodology, as I mentioned, is kind of split up. My co-founder runs a supply chain. I manage what's called the corporate team. And this team has always been remote. So when the pandemic hit and I was stuck at home, I realized, oh, my team is remote. I don't have to just be in my house in Los Angeles every day. Uh, and plus, I've always dreamt of living in a different city for at least a couple months at a time to really understand the local culture. And, you know, I'm single. Uh, I have no kids. So I thought, well, why not do this now? Totally. And so in uh, June of 2021, I put all my stuff in storage in LA and I went to Ikaria, which is a an island in Greece that's known as a blue zone because it has one of the largest percentage and population of people who live past 100. So I basically moved to Ikaria and studied their diet and made friends with the wow. locals and added a ton of Ikarian recipes to our menu, which our customers love. And so I've just found this uh, flow, this workflow and this niche within methodology uh, that the customers really enjoy, that I enjoy where you know my dreams are coming true. I'm doing what I love. And I'm also putting things on the menu that are, I believe, like really innovative and new because 
you know, when I was in LA or when I was in, in San Francisco, one thing that ends up happening is those of us who are designing menus in these local markets were eating at all the local restaurants. And so the menus end up becoming very similar within a geographic region. And even though we can see on Instagram what other chefs are doing, I think that's great as well. I like going off the beaten path for menu inspiration. Like no one's traveling to Ikaria to learn about food. Even Greek people don't go there. <laughs> when I tell my Greek friends, I'm like, oh, I've, you know, I lived in Ikaria. They're like, what? Greek people don't even go there. So I really like going off the beaten path for recipe inspiration because then I know that something that I'm putting on the menu is something really new that our customers haven't been exposed to before. And it's just more fun for them that way. So that was and that was how it all started. And then my next trip coming up next week, um, I'm moving to Sardinia for a bit. It's it's an island in Italy. It's another blue zone where people are known for living past 100. And I'm going to go there and learn about their cuisine, learn about their culture, and hopefully add a bunch of Sardinian recipes to our menu after that. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. So how fast once you actually figure out uh, some of these new recipes, how fast do you bring it back then to your menu for methodology? That is a great question. We, we're we fast. We're like the Zara of food. <laughs> so, I love it. Uh, I think that the typical turnaround time, we can usually get it on the menu within four to six weeks, which wow. is very fast in our industry. Definitely. No, that's that's amazing. So how did you make the decision to do a direct-to-consumer model versus actually going into stores? For me, I ended up designing the product as direct-to-consumer subscription just because I personally, in the way that I've structured my own life, relied on systems to help me with productivity, health, and all of that. And so when I thought about you know how can I have the largest impact on people's health, I wanted them to be able to really set it and forget it and keep their fridges always stocked. So the vision for the company and the product was everyone should be able to open their fridge and see food they're excited to eat that's perfectly personalized for what they need to eat to feel their best and should be able to put those meals on the table and eat them within five minutes or less. And so when I designed methodology, it was set up as direct-to-consumer subscription so that we could personalize uh, so they would have control over what they could get over time and also just so they could set it and forget it. And it's amazing how many of our customers trust us. Like they don't even edit their orders at all, Kara. They're just like, okay, I've told you all my preferences. You know my goals. Send me what I need to eat and I'll just eat it. And, and the vast majority of them just go with the box that we send them. And they say it feels like Christmas you know, every time the box comes because they don't know what's going to be in it, literally, because they haven't checked and they haven't edited and, and yeah, so they just set it and forget it. And I think that's why um, our customers have such good results because there's no relying on their willpower, right? Or discipline. It's just, they're going to eat what comes every week. And if they just eat that and then they have their weekends to do what they want, they're ahead of 99% of busy professionals out there. Definitely. And I think what you're talking about too, is building a brand and building trust. And, you know, it takes time, but once you actually get the consumer's trust, they trust you to make those decisions for them. And I think that that's an incredible, it must be an incredible feeling, actually, to think about that. What are some of the comments that, are, that you've heard back from consumers? Oh, I mean, they, uh, they joke that I'm like the fun ant tiger mom, you know, who takes care of them and makes sure that they're eating healthy, like the crazy ant slash tiger mom, which I think is pretty accurate because they know I'm bouncing around the world, but I'm also 
like very uptight because I want the best ingredients. I want it to be super healthy. I think there are a lot of health foods out there that like market themselves as healthy, but they're not really. And like, I pay attention to all the macronutrient ratios in the meals. I want everything to have tons of fiber, tons of protein, low sugar. Um, so I, I care deeply about all these details. And our customers know, like when I'm in California, I live on methodology. I'm fine to not go out. And um, I stand behind the food and I stand behind the promise of it is going to heal your body and mind. And I love the feedback. And, and actually the feedback I love most in addition to the health stuff is people are so surprised by how good the food tastes. I get this because I'm always trying competitor foods and I'm always trying health food brands from around the world. And so much health food really does taste like cardboard, like especially yeah. baked goods, for example. Totally, They're so bad. And um, we never put anything on our menu until like you can't taste the difference between this version versus the version at you know the bakery around the corner. Um, and, and it can taste that good because at least for our brand where you're using expensive ingredients like almond flour, honey. Yeah, yeah it's going to taste really good. They're using refined flour and white sugar, right? So totally uh, different. So, so our stuff should taste better. And uh, so the thing that I always love the most is just how shocked they are. And then and then when their husbands are shocked, so a lot of times the woman runs the account, they're like, oh my God, even my husband will eat it. Yes, this is great, right? Because it's like a lot of times women are, it's easier for them to eat healthy. They're committed. They're already wanting to do that. And it's just getting the husband on board as well. Um, so that they're not eating two different meals at dinner every night. Like I love hearing that as well. I love it. Do you see geographical differences? I'm, I'm so curious because you're shipping nationwide. Yeah. Well, right now we're only in California, but we're launching West Coast shipping before the end of the year. Awesome. Um, yeah, you know, they're definitely geographic. Even within California, there are geographic cultural differences. Because uh, I feel like, you know, in, in SoCal, which makes a lot of sense, it's the entertainment industry. So everyone there, they want their diets very dialed in for the right aesthetics, hmm. right? Um, and in the Bay Area, it's more just like, give me that good farm to table food, wholesome. Um, I don't want to do anything so extreme. So it's just like a little bit more in those two directions. And, and LA likes more of like the trendy things, like give me... You know, I want the keto pancake or something, right? Uh, so they, they like the, the trendier stuff a little bit more as well. Um, but we end up having both kinds of things on our menu and customers pretty much try everything. But yeah, there are, there are subtle differences in the culture, which makes sense, like tech versus entertainment industry. Like there's a reason why Soylent came out of the Bay Area. Right? Yeah. <laughs> versus versus uh, the entertainment industry. So interesting. So you mentioned keto and you guys were recently selected for a Stanford University nutrition study comparing the keto versus Mediterranean diet. We're all dying to know who won. Uh, there were, uh, I guess, which diet controls uh, blood sugar better, Mediterranean or the keto? I'd love to hear a little bit more. Yeah, I was so happy to be chosen uh, as the food delivery service for this study because I, well, I went to Stanford. So being able to do this with Stanford researchers with Dr. Christopher Gardner was literally a dream come true. What the study basically ended up finding as a nutshell is that both diets are effective, right? In basically roughly uh, similar levels of effectiveness. Um, but the keto diet is a lot harder to stick with long term and is way more restricted. So the overall takeaway from the study is, hey, you can do either. So pick the one that's easiest for you, right? Because they can both be great. 
Um, but you may be more likely to find the Mediterranean diet to be easier because you can eat such a wider variety of food. Um, that's basically the takeaway of the study, which I think is great news. So in terms of controlling the blood sugar, which did they find was better? No, they're, they're both equally good for blood sugar. Really, really interesting. So what have you enjoyed most about being an entrepreneur? Uh, so there's, you know, definitely you talked about the first year, there were a lot of, you know, things that you were just pulling your hair out or maybe not pulling your hair out, hopefully not. But I mean, you know, stressed out about, gosh, why am I doing this? But there has to be a lot of, you know, really good reasons why you've stuck <laughs> to it. And what do you enjoy about being an entrepreneur? I mean, one of the things that I love most is I feel like as an entrepreneur, I get to be this professional manifester where I dream up an idea and then I have this amazing team that brings it to reality and then customers experience it. And when they love it, it's just so satisfying to me. Um, so I'm like very involved in you know the menu design, for example. So you know I might come up with a concept like, okay, we're going to do a better than Botox chia pudding and I'm going to put you know, all the ingredients in it that I know are really good for skin. And we're going to make it, you know, really pretty. It'll be pink ombre. And so I'll, I'll just dream it up. I'll sketch it out. And then, you know, when customers get it and they love it, it's, yeah, it's just so satisfying. So just getting to be hyper creative. I, I feel like I get to be an artist. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm a businesswoman, but I'm equally like an artist and creator and manifester. And that's just so fun to me because when I wasn't, working for myself. Um, I might have ideas, but you just have end up, uh, so many of them get killed at different points. Yeah. And, and so now it's like, I get to choose which things get to come to life. And so I think that that kind of like power and control, <laughs> frankly, is also really, really nice. Uh, so, so I love it because no one would have hired me to be a creative director or a menu designer, right? Like, so I get to do the things that no one would have hired me to do. And then I ramp up really quickly and become very good at it. Uh, but I get to just throw projects at myself and master them. And I don't have to like interview for them and fight for them. <laughs> I just get to do the things, uh, solve the problems that I want to solve or create the things I want to create. And I just, I love that aspect of the job. No, and you're good at it as well. I always tell people that what I've learned is coming from a totally different industry into this industry that I was really interested and curious about and passionate about. And every day I was learning, it actually benefited. Like it was a huge benefit to me being able to get the company going because I thought differently about it. I mean, so often you'll have people who are starting, you know, food companies who used to be chefs, for example. And, you know, they've been doing this for a while. It's hard for them to think differently. It's not that they aren't great chefs. It's just that thinking outside of the box and being creative isn't always um, something that they can do because they've, you know, learned how to be a great chef. So why, you know, break the mold, right? And in their mind. But I think, you know, what you guys have done is, you know, create incredible recipes. Obviously, you're traveling all over the place to find even more for people, which is just absolutely a beautiful thing. And you want to learn too, which I think is just a really, really powerful reason for, you know, the success of your company. So it's, uh, it's really incredible. 
One other question I was thinking about as I was doing research, obviously COVID hit in the last couple of years. I think one good thing about COVID is that people are more focused on their health right now and trying to, you know, take control of what they're going to feel like. And, uh, you know, no matter what they feel about vaccines or masks or anything else, I feel like no matter where I've gone in the world, everybody really, really wants to stay healthy. And what is your perspective on that? And how has, you know, maybe that changed uh, since the beginning of 2020? Yeah, I think there's the the business side of the COVID story. And there's, and then there's my personal side. But yeah, we've definitely seen as a business, just through interacting with so many of our customers, the thousands of customers that yeah, there's the full spectrum of how people responded during COVID. There were people who became the most unhealthy they had ever become and then you know, hit rock bottom and then wanted to bounce back in a lot of cases, thank goodness. And there were people who used the opportunity because they had so much more free time, like working from home and not commuting to start eating healthier and working out. So we've seen everything across the spectrum over the past few years. And, and it's been fun seeing it because our menu has had to evolve also because when, for, when COVID first hit and people wanted tons of comfort food, you know, we had to shift our menu rapidly to get more of the, you know, the, the, the pastas and the stews and things like that on the menu. Um, and then there was definitely like a shift later where people were ready to eat light again. And they're, you know, they're like, okay, well now I want more salads and things. And they want things that are more spa like and light and almost have that like detoxy feel. So uh, it's been fun kind of like staying within our vision for what we believe is healthy, but, you know, making the minor tweaks to keep our customers uh, happy, you know, and then, and then for me personally, I, I was one of the ones who you, who was really unhealthy for the first year and then used year two to where I was like, Oh my God, I can't fit you my clothes to. anymore. So yeah. it's time to like come up with a plan uh, and, uh, and get in shape. And so I really, uh, I was in that bucket. <laughs> It's good to realize how important that, you know, is. And uh, I agree. I mean, I think the beginning of of the pandemic for many was like, hey, we're working from home. Everything's great. Let's eat whatever we want. But I really feel like people started to wake up and say, wait a minute, we got to take a little bit of control here. So what keeps you motivated? I mean, you are obviously super high energy and really excited about what you're doing. Um, you've got an incredible co-founder and brand that you've developed. What keeps you motivated? So I've been through enough cycles where the motivation has gone up and down over the years to where points where it's like, can, do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to sell the business? Or yeah, so I've been through enough of those cycles now. Um, and I think that what keeps me motivated now is just the way my co-founder and I run the business. We We get together every year and we share with each other our dreams for our overall life, for everything that we want to do with relationships, family, finances, just everything that we dream about doing for like my ideal life looks like this, you know, one, three, five years from now. And then we work backwards to figure out how do we make the business help us achieve all of that and like spend our time that way. And that was one of the reasons why, you know, I'm able to travel the world because my co-founder is okay with that, mm -hmm. right? Like he, because of the way, what I just mentioned, he's like, this is her dream, Right. This is how she's going to be. And if she's a happy, healthy co-founder, then she's going to do a better job running the business. Right. Yeah. There's a trade off of it could be easy to say, oh, uh, the CEO needs to be in the kitchen every day. Right. Like he could have gone that route. But we've we've chosen to run the different the business differently because in the early years, we did it incorrectly, in my opinion, in a non-sustainable way where we were mules to the business. 
now we use the business as mules to you know ourselves and then our team, right? So um, that shift has been huge to the point where it's now like, yeah, I feel motivated because this business is helping me fulfill all of my dreams, like not just my yeah. career dreams. And so I owe so much to my business for that. And I'm so grateful for it. And because of the fact that I get to work from anywhere in the world, I realize I'm I'm living the life that probably millions of people dream about. And so I always keep that in mind. So whenever things are like hard or frustrating, like I come into it from a position of, you know, I'm one of the one in 10 million people getting to like eat the best food in the world, see the world, run a business, be creative, make my art, whatever, you know, whatever demotivation or stress comes around. I'm like, whatever. It's still worth it. It's still worth it in the end. I'm a lucky, lucky girl. That's so great. Well, it was such a pleasure to talk with you, Julie. Congratulations on everything with methodology and all the progress that you've made. I know how hard it is to scale a company and definitely incredible insights and and uh, best of luck with everything and with all your travels as well. We'll put everything in the show notes as well for how people connect with methodology, also uh, follow you and uh, see some of those new recipes that are coming up. As you mentioned, you'll be going throughout all of California by the end of this year, hopefully. And hopefully you'll be able to... Yeah, the West Coast. And hopefully you'll be able to uh, expand beyond the West Coast after 2022 as well. So thank you again, Julie. Thank you for having me on. Thanks all for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And I want to thank all of our guests and our sponsors. And finally, our listeners, keep the great comments coming in. And one final plug, if you have not read or listened to my book, Undaunted, please do so. You will hear all about my journey, including founding, scaling, and building the company that I founded, Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening.